Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. I hope everyone's having an awesome week so far. I, uh, I missed an audio yesterday, so I miss you guys. And I figured tonight we'll go a little deeper. Um, so, you know, many times we want to get more spiritual and we don't know where to start. We hear people talk about being connected, uh, grounded, or elevated, enlightened, in a higher consciousness, all terms and verbiage that basically just mean the same thing, which is being spiritually connected. And the question becomes, how do we help our case to reach that level of connection, right? How do we get to a point of feeling secure with ourselves, in tune, comfortable in our skin, and not plagued by the day-to-day anxieties and worries and doubts and fears and sadness, or unfortunately more fiery emotions that some of us suffer from, you know, like anger and arrogance and hatefulness and jealousy and addiction. Um, how can we feel our relationship with Hashem open up where we're truly at peace and happy with our lot, where we feel linked? And again, like I've been saying in all the audios, of course, practical, aware of difficulties and challenges and life is hard, but at least thinking positively or at least as positively and constructively as possible. We all wish we could be more productive. We all wish we could be more proactive. And the truth is we want to know what's the secret. How do we attract versus chase? So we'll start answering this question with an analogy. Rabbi Nachman in the Kabbalah in general writes that Aneshama is like a fiery flame that burns bright. And they compare it specifically to the Menorah and the Bet HaMikdash. Now you'll remember the Menorah and the Bet HaMikdash had seven candles, each in their own vessels of oil. And what determines the quality of the flame is the oil, of course, right? Even today, the better the quality of the oil, the stronger the flame. So take this analogy back to what we know about the Neshama. Kabbalah says the Neshama is located in our brains. That's just something that we know. The Neshama is in your brain. It's in your mind, right? Similar to the Menorah, the Neshama's flame is affected by the quality of seven oils. Of course, it's an analogy. But what are the seven oils of the flame of the Neshama in our brain? Well, let's count. It's our two eyes, our two nostrils, that's four, two ears, that's six, and one mouth, that's seven. So the quality of our neshama, the quality of the flame that is our neshama is determined by the quality of what we input into our nose, mouth, ears, and eyes. For example, let's talk eyes. A person can either use his eyes to look at other women or pornography, God forbid, you know, in the case of a guy or things that are unsightly or read gossip and celebrity news and all that stuff, right? Or a person can use his eyes to look at beautiful nature, to read Torah, to read a self-help book, etc. I mean, we could all use our imaginations as to how your eyes can be used for good or bad. Same thing with the ears, right? A person can listen to profanity all day, right? Music with cursing and killing or listen to Lashon Hara or Echilut, which is gossip. Or a person can listen to beautiful music, a class, a podcast, Torah, good talk or anything really constructive. And this goes on and on. Uh, I mean, we'll do one more. A mouth, right? A mouth, you could eat junk food. You could eat foods that are not permitted. You could smoke. You could do drugs, Lashon Hara, profanity or... The mouth can be used for good things, healthy food, quality words, right? Words, speaking words of Torah or kind words to others to make others happy. The point is what we put in is what determines the clarity and sharpness and strength of our neshama, right? So a person, God forbid, hooked on smoking, drugs, and wasting time on nonsense will have trouble connecting spiritually. They'll just have a harder time speaking to Hashem and hearing Hashem speak back. They'll have a harder time being emotionally and mentally and psychologically stable. 
Um, and this isn't, this isn't crazy. I mean, science will tell you the same thing, right? Uh, biology and chemistry and psychology will tell you the same thing. This person will have more trouble being productive and effective than anything he does. Whereas a person eating healthy and moderately and getting enough sleep and exercising and studying Torah and learning useful things, spending time with people who are positive and uplifting and talk only good will have a much easier time connecting spiritually. So that's the first lesson here, right? The first lesson here is getting the physical in order to maximize the spiritual because you can't have both. The Kabbalah explains that a person cannot be artificially physically stimulated and be spiritually high and in tune at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. That's why as people overcome their addictions or obsessions, slowly but surely, they'll find the craving start to implement good, right? A person who stops drinking alcohol and coffee eventually drinks more water and tea. A person who stops eating healthy and starts working out, who stops eating unhealthy, excuse me, and starts working out eventually likes healthy food because the body reprograms itself, right? To desire nourishment and so on. So step number one, you cut out the bed. And, uh, and what is bad? I mean, we all know deep down what's truly bad for us as individuals and what's good for us, whether we want to admit it or not, right? So a glass of wine every night might be good for me, but not good for the next guy. So that's, that takes a little uh, reflection. But the point is, cut out the bed. Great. Now, what starts to happen as a person starts cutting out all this junk, the spiritual fog starts to dissipate. A fog that the person never knew they were in, right? A fog a person never knew they had. The person starts to have mental and spiritual clarity that they, that they didn't realize was even possible. And they literally start to see things they never saw before. A person can come to a situation where they're looking at the exact same thing they saw yesterday, but see an entirely different thing because of this clarity, more detail, more understanding, more perspective, sharpness. And the person starts to see new things. It's, 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 like, it's like the spiritual version of an x-ray machine or microscope, where now the, the person's spiritual mind frame opens and sharpens so the person could see and understand more. And by the way, this gets the person excited generally, and, that, and then it becomes an upward spiral. What happens? Cut out more bad stuff. Uh, naturally start doing more good stuff, right? To replace the bad, because holes have to be filled. Person was spending time doing bad things, now that that's gone, implement good things. The person who was spending time listening to negative news or scrolling on Instagram looking at swimsuit models is now spending time reading books or learning Torah or doing personal prayer, which we're going to talk about in a second. But the point is the person now is putting good foods in his body, good content in his brain, and is optimizing his physical being so that it's the best possible vessel it could be for the soul to shine. And the person is implementing habits that increase the energy, increase the intellect, improves the mood. And uh, more positivity, more optimism, more self-confidence, more productivity. I'm just trying to hit all the, 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 the keywords here, right? The person slowly becomes optimized, becomes addicted to discipline, and becomes an efficient human and feels like their best self. That's, that's essentially what happens. Now, again, you might say, oh, easier said than done. That's the ideal. Of course. Of course it's, it's, it's easier said than done. And of course it's the ideal. We're just talking about the, 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 the peak the optimal goal doesn't mean you're going to do it overnight. Doesn't mean you're going to accomplish it in a decade. But, but this is just truth that when you cut out bad and you implement good, you literally transform from the inside out in a radical way. So that's phase one, optimizing the physical. Once the physical is optimized, now the spiritual can shine. Okay? Time for spiritual. Of course, here we have to mention studying Torah and doing mitzvot. That's a no-brainer. By default, we know these things make us better people and help us attain wisdom. That's not new to us. But I'm mentioning it because it's also a humility thing and, and it's a mentality, right? This is a very common Jewish idea, but 
be constantly teachable. That's the lesson here, right? Always be in a position to learn. Humble yourself and be open to new ideas and ways within Judaism because there's a lot of truth out there. There's a lot of wisdom and it takes the openness to learn and try to discover these new secrets and strategies to grow beyond your imagination. And by the way, even the greatest Sadiqim in history felt that they barely scratched the surface of the Torah and its wisdom. Rabbi Nachman, who by the way, knew the Torah by heart and was writing Kabbalah by his early 20s, literally cried to Hashem to help him learn more because he felt he knew nothing. So stay humble and keep learning. But there's more. The main thing I wanted to, to, to talk about here is personal prayer. Talking to Hashem in our own language, in our own words, in an isolated space and time about things on our minds. And we're going to have a separate series on personal prayer because honestly, it's, it's huge. It's a huge well of wisdom. But, but let's scratch the surface for now, okay? Essentially, we take an hour a day or whatever we need to, to start to thank Hashem, do Teshubah, tell Hashem our dreams and goals. And this process connects us to Hashem, which is the ultimate spiritual powerhouse, okay? So when you do this, you're connecting yourself to Hashem like no other process can do. And you start receiving a spiritual bounty. Hashem either sends us thoughts or ideas on the spot during the personal prayer where now suddenly you have clarity or calmness or solutions that just pop in the head. Or over time, you just start realizing things you care about that you need to do or want to do. And every day you chip away at it, right? Because God willing, you're doing personal prayer every day. So you keep chipping away at it. And on and on it goes. And all this reflection, all this self-awareness, all this focus and channeled energy, it turns into physical it changes our brain. And by the way, this is neuropsychology. This is neuroplasticity. Uh, this, no, uh, this is no voodoo stuff. I mean, of course, it's Kabbalah and it's Torah, so it's fact. But for those of us who like to know it's backed by, by science, it is. This is physical stuff. The brain changes. And what's in the brain? We said neshama. So the neshama and brain and body and entire world, to be honest, changes. The whole, your whole life changes. Rabbi Nachman has an analogy, actually, a concept, right? Where like minutes of personal prayer is like a currency. It's like dollars. And heaven has a department store of spirituality, spiritual assets. And everything there has a price in personal prayer minutes, right? So it's a cute concept. So let's say a person wants to overcome anger or sadness or jealousy or whatever. Fill in the blank, right? Let's make believe it's a thousand minutes of personal prayer. A person prays and prays and connects and slowly but surely earns the item, right? As he gets closer to the thousand, or parnasa, right? Success in business or peace in the home or healing of an illness, whatever you want. Everything has an amount of prayers needed to unlock. But what's nice is as we get deeper into spirituality and deeper into personal prayer and the greater the spiritual vessel we become, the quicker we unlock these things. It's brilliant. And there's so much else to talk about when it comes to prayer. There's so much truth and facts from the Torah and Kabbalah. We can't fit it here. I'm already way over time. But I just want to give you the concept. I want to make sure the idea is in you, the seed I want to plant so that at least we explore more, we try it out, learn more. And, and there's great quotes. I heard a great quote. Pray about it as much as you think about it. Right? We think about all day. We think about things all day. We overthink. No. Spend that time praying about it. Connect to Hashem. And don't try to be sophisticated or fancy. Just be simple and raw and pray about anything. And it could be anything. And don't get worried. Oh, it's small. Hashem. No. We only perceive things as small. Right? The same way Hashem controls the big things. We know He controls the big... He also controls the little things. Okay? And if you don't receive from your prayers immediately, don't get mad or discouraged. Prayers don't have an expiration date. We don't know when, where, or how Hashem will answer them. But again, we'll discuss prayer another time. So just to wrap up, bottom line, how do we make the physical spiritual and the spiritual physical? Cutting out the bad, adding the good, and immersing ourselves in spiritually enhancing activities like personal prayer. And eventually, our physical becomes spiritual. We eat on Shabbat enjoy, enjoying every bite. 
Okay? We put on tefillin with chills and kavanah of Hashem's glory. We say barachot and feel the food is blessed. It goes on. And of course, the spiritual becomes physical. We pray for strength and we feel strengthened. We ask for help overcoming things and we overcome. So yeah, it's, uh, it's powerful stuff. Anyway, I'm way over. I tried to talk as fast as I can. I needed to get it all in. It's a lot to digest. I love you all. We'll continue on these types of topics, but I wish us all the best and uh, a great rest of day. Thank you.